It's like, oh, I work on the Warner Brothers lot, but I can't be an actor. Like, just stuff like that. And like... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 436 uh, with our review of La La Land. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Stephen Miller. <laughs> I'm Carson Patrick. <laughs> I've screwed it up. Um, but yes, this is the Spoiler Warning Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm still sick, but you wouldn't know it was still because you're joining us for the first time. Anyways, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about La La Land. Ah, I love L-A-L-A Land. (laughs) L-A-L-A-L-A-N-D. My favorite. Yep. Yeah. It is the story of Carson Patrick and his... So true. ...rise to fame... (laughs) Mm-hmm. In that yeah. area, his dream to become a when Batman w- who pees in the side of walls. Yes, yes, I dream of becoming a hot redheaded starlet. <laughs> Just wants to not work in that Warner Brothers cafe anymore. Mm. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everyone is like, "Did you make white saw?" <laughs> Please take this latte for free. It's ready already. <laughs> I mean. Yes, ask me anything. You can touch. <laughs> uh, I think I'm pretty sure I'll still have my copy of White Saw in a box. In my apartment. I, I have mine in a box somewhere, too. <laughs> <laughs> my, my box away. is full of Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, the perpetual we must spoil the ending of that movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not get one in, in in the in the Rogue One reviews. Damn. We can edit it in post. Yeah, we, we can, can add, put it we in. Add yeah. it in there. We, we can Admiral we can, Tarka on that shit. What? We can f- what they do? <laughs> they had your head in the box. We can, fi- we can fix it in post, just like they did in the movie. That was a joke. Um, but yes, La La Land, guys. Um, you yeah. excited to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get serious here. Yeah, let's let's bring it down. Yeah, kick on a little jazz music, um, traditional style of jazz music, and yeah. get get. It's the only way I jazz. <laughs> and then get into this review. Um, we're gonna play the trailer for La La Land, and then we're gonna come back and give you guys a review. Two options: you either follow my rules or follow my rules. Capiche? Thank you. I can do it a different way. No, that's that's fine. Thank you very much. Rules, you know, write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you gonna do? I have my own club. 
time? I think so. How are you going to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? You're holding on to the past, but jazz is about the future. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. It's very, very exciting. Alright, so that was the trailer for La La Land. It is the story of two young people trying to chase their dreams and uh, encountering each other in... It's a story about love, but it's not a love story. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, one of those happy, happy, t- happy tales mm-hmm. of, of, of love and struggles in the world of L.A. Um, yeah. Those universal stories of people becoming famous <laughs> actors. <laughs> so relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. uh, yes, Stephen Miller, being a classically mm. trained jazz pianist <laughs> himself. Thank you. I can't is, believe it took you 430 Chris, episodes to acknowledge that. Why is Chris saying like he's twirling his mustache? Like, mm-hmm, yeah. He's like the Robber Baron version of James Lipton. <laughs> Why don't I'll you tell another... us about your... Your times in LA. Give me another. Well, I've been around the la la more than once, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, But yes, Stephen, I think. Okay, so first of all, this is a film that both of you, prior to, I guess, us us all seeing it, just based on word of mouth, maybe, uh, you guys were all under the assumption that this may be my favorite film of the year. Um, Oh, yes. How could I forget? Yeah, I texted Stephen directly and, and. Tried to make or made like a fake wager Mm -hmm. that it would be a wager, uh, a wager. See, (laughs) Um, that yeah, that it would be not only the number one Chris's number one movie, but uh, also a change in uh, in Facebook cover photo (laughs) Mm -hmm. to the to the movie's poster. I I almost I almost changed my uh, my Facebook cover poster to um, Rogue One, like. Last week, before I even came close to seeing the movie, but I was like, "No, what if I don't like it?" Um, ah, damn! And then I saw it, and then I didn't change it. Still, um, but anyway, yeah. so had you already seen uh, La La Land at the time that you made that wager, Carson? Uh, I did, yes, because <clears throat> since I live in LA, <laughs> uh, it opened uh, also, last weekend. Over there, it's just called La Land. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, it's just called La. <laughs> um, yeah, it, since it opened last weekend in L.A. and New York, I had already seen it, so yes. Gotcha. That was my, that was my guess that it would be that, w- it would be that. But then I was kind of, and then I was like, oh, well, maybe not, but I, I feel like it would be a strong contender. Yeah. All right, so back to Steven. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of this film? So I... I will say uh, the movie was quite hyped, and I 
like I love Damien Chazelle for my one data point. One and a half. I watched some of Guy and Madeline, and I think I found on YouTube Guy and Madeline on a park bench. I think I hope that's the name of the movie. Um, and it is. Anyway, I was I was very very excited and nervous about this film because what made Whiplash so special was the unbelievable intensity that he managed to pack into a movie. Like, he really just... He made, like, a panic attack on the screen. He he came at it with this, like, just incredible focus and a confidence that you just don't normally see from a first-time feature filmmaker. And following that up with a wistful throwback musical about, like, the glory days of Hollywood... I was worried, right? I, I, w- I was afraid that it wouldn't click. And I would say maybe the first 20 minutes or so, the cynical part of me was still there, where I was seeing these kind of elaborate, spectacular song and dance numbers and this very old-timey way of singing and acting and uh, a kind of simpler view of emotions. And I was afraid that it was just not going to click the whole time. And then it really fucking clicks. <laughs> this, this, this was, in, in a sense, it's very, very traditional. It, um, the story it tells is a very kind of basic story about people trying to make it in the big city. It's almost, it would almost be a cliche in how basic it was if it didn't execute so well on its attempt to bring the old school musical back in the modern age. And I don't know, something about it just charmed the hell out of me. Uh, it became an extraordinarily charming, captivating movie. And by the end, the, the film just ends on what I would say is a tour de force of everything that makes Damien Chazelle so great, which is just this unbelievably confident vision and a willingness to go full out, balls to the wall, sentimental, and just commit to it till the bitter end. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was a wonderfully charming movie. It, it is not my favorite of the year, and I would also wager pretty heavily that it will not usurp other schnazy favorites of the year. <laughs> but I think, I think it was a really wonderful throwback. It it reminded me a bit of why Hail Caesar made me so happy when I watched it, which was very confident filmmakers winking at this great grand past of Hollywood but then also making an actually damn fine entry into the same genre. And I, I'm happy to live in a world where this was made. I don't think I could watch Infinite La La Lands, but I'm, <laughs> I was super happy that this came out and that Damien Chazelle had the guts to stick to it and not throw like a pie in the face or a wink, like really just commit to the, the musical vision. Yeah, I'm on board. So for Carson... Your so so sometimes when Carson makes the assumption that a film would be my favorite film of the year or that I will really like it, sometimes he's saying it because he hates it, mm-hmm. and sometimes he's saying it because he just goes like like when he suggested the one I love, he was like, oh, you yes. should check out the one I love. That seems like it's up your alley. So I I am curious to know whether your level of assumption of me being so into the film is because you don't appreciate it at all. Or if it's just that you genuinely thought that I would be interested in it. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's uh, facetious, facetiously that I uh, that I say these things. Um, 
but uh, I, I I genuinely thought that uh, that you would you would definitely be into it. Um, I, however, was not into it. Mm. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but I I did think that it it seemed like a movie that that for sure you would be all over. Um, uh, but I mean, I'll preface it by saying you know, look, I, I've gone on the record uh, many times. And when we reviewed Whiplash and, uh, you know, in that review and then later, I mean, that that was my favorite movie that came out that year. I openly wept in the last final minutes of that movie. Uh, I think the last sequence of that movie is like completely flawless. Uh, I think Damien Chazelle is uh piece of shit (laughs) 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 what an asshole um yeah i I think he's here to stay uh for sure i I think that he has uh, immense talent and it's definitely on display in la la land too like i I mean this is a extremely well-crafted well-executed movie it looks great it's um i mean I wish that I wish that Los Angeles looked this nice. I mean, shit, they must have cleaned off all the 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 poop and the the bums to really, uh, to, you know, they really they really rolled out the carpet for him. There's actually one scene in the movie where Emma Stone Emma Stone walks by like a mural, which is uh, very near where I live. I see it all the time. <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, I noticed that and I was like, oh, there's the, there's the mural on, you know, Wilcox or whatever. And I was like, it does not look anywhere near that nice and good looking, uh, that it does in this movie. Um, and you know, I mean, that's fine. It's, it's a fantasy, you know, it's, it's, it's giving you this, this fantastical version of LA. It's not, it's not fucking heat or drive or, you know, nightcrawler or something like that, where you're this like you know, collateral, this gritty, like, this is how it is, bro. Um, I mean, it's obviously a fantasy, but uh, I just, you know, I just, that's basically my long-winded way of saying that, yes, the movie looks pristine in every possible way. It's technically, uh, you know, there's a lot of, like, really great, like, fluid one takes and all this, all this crazy stuff. I mean, he definitely gets the, the, uh, the homaging of the, the genre down pat. I don't think that, I feel like that it doesn't, it's like not enough to be its own unique thing, which that's what disappointed me is that Whiplash felt like wholly unique uh, and it was very emotional. I thought, you know, like Steven said, it's this very intense, like, you know, very claustrophobic thriller. You know, it's, it's, it's basically a thriller. Um, and you know, I'm totally fine for him stepping out and going into a whole different genre, but like, you know, there was nothing, I don't, didn't find any of the emotion in this movie that was present in Whiplash. Like I sat through this entire film stone faced. And when it was over, I was like, that's it. Like I, I mean, it definitely. I do feel like it was a victim of of being overhyped. I mean, that's not the movie's fault, but I, I just, it, it, you know, and I, and I definitely went in 
thinking like, you know, I got to zero it out here because, you know, I was pretty excited, you know, when the first trailer hit and stuff, because I mean, who wouldn't be? But um, yeah, I just like my reaction when it was over was just, that's it. Like, and, and after, you know, it's been about a week and a half since I've seen it and I haven't really thought about it much since then. Uh, very much in the same reaction that I had for, uh, for Arrival, which was another movie I was really excited for, uh, done by a director I really love. And, you know, it's the same thing. And, and I don't know if it's just them like deciding to go a little more of an optimistic, uh, (laughs) happy route, but, uh, I kind of would rather see Damien Chazelle, you know, do, do the, do the, the whiplash route. Uh, but you know, Look, the guy has a style. Uh, obviously, it's infusing jazz music into everything he does, but, you know, <laughs> God bless him. Uh, he's he's definitely... Um, look, like, I don't have any beef with him. Like, he's clearly a talented filmmaker, but this movie, I, you know, I just could not get past the fact that, like, I feel like there are other movies that have done this better. Not just musicals, but, like, movies about L.A. Uh, and and stuff like that, like... In my, in like, and I think the biggest thing for me, and you know, I don't, I have no idea if it's just me and, and, or what, but I like this movie annoyed me greatly in terms of it feeling very much like an LA movie. Like, I, of all the people I, I would have get, I would have guessed that Damien Chazelle would not have succumbed to like the LA movie. Uh, sort of vibe, you know, where you get all these like, you know, the the sort of like Joe Swanberg, like digging for fire type of thing where it's like, look, we're in Silver Lake and <laughs> it's like that kind of shit. That kind of shit drives me up a wall. And this movie is not is not nearly that annoying, but it does have it like the opening sequence of this movie, which is, like I said, technically amazing and everything is a whole like one take deal you know they're all dancing around it's like i great it's awesomely executed but the but when that when those fuckers started singing in the traffic i was like i'm this is i'm going to lose my mind because there's all these just dumb wiener hipsters jumping around and it's just driving me insane there's you know some guy who looks like andrew garfield in silence but he's not a fucking jesuit priest he's just some dumb hipster stuck in traffic these and... are oddly specific complaints about the movie <laughs> why wasn't but, uh, he a jesuit priest i don't know he was know. clearly eastern orthodox yes um but you know there was just all that kind of stuff and i was like oh god like i can't take this luckily you know um that kind of side of it. But there were still things where it was like, you know, it's like, oh, I work on the Warner Brothers lot, but I can't be an actor. Like, just stuff like that. And, like, like God, uh, Goose and Emma Stone, like, are just constantly talking about their jobs. Like, this movie is basically the cinematic equivalent of, like, a, overhearing a guy, like, loudly talking about his industry job at the fucking local restaurant or at the Arclight or something. Like, yeah, like, I just 
turned down a gig with Bob Saget, and <laughs> now I'm working on a movie with Bella Thorne. Like, it's all very schizophrenic. Like, whenever you overhear these conversations, like, they they go from, like, oh, my production company, and then, well, I'm not on the timeline where I was. Like, I, I said I would have bleached hair, like, seven years ago, but I don't. It's like, oh, is God, that, I have is a it, white hat, and I have a black hat now. <laughs> Yeah, is that not like Um, the point? One of the points of the movies, though, is that like this is a lifestyle that people get into, and like, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's 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 sort of it's trying to satirize and then also be you know a love letter to this kind of lifestyle. But I think that the sort of satire element isn't. It's one. I don't think it's anything that's like particularly funny or been done before. Like there's a whole, you know, well, like the gag in the opening where it's like they're all talking about like, oh, the sun. The, they're singing about the sun, and then the title card comes up and it says winter. It's like, oh, hardy har. Um, and like you know, the the gag where it's like, I, I, oh, what do you drive? And Emma Stone's like, I have a Prius. And then it cuts to like the valet box, and they're all Prius keys. It's like, oh, good one. Um, that that you wasn't know, funny. I, I, I giggled at that. I laughed. <laughs> But I just feel like they're all these jokes and, you know, like the lady comes in to the cafe and she's like, this isn't gluten free. Like none of the shit. Like I feel like. Right, first was... of all, you know, you've been in line behind somebody with that issue. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's not accurate. I just think that the way that it's done, I feel like that it all felt like very on the nose and like. I think my my uh, comparison that I had in my head while watching this movie, which is is the uh, Steve Martin's L.A. story, like that is to me that is the ultimate love letter slash satire of L.A. culture, and it has a it's it's very much akin to La La Land because it has it's set in this fantastical version of L.A. You know, there's F- Steve Martin's fucking talking to a you know traffic billboard and shit like that and. You know, uh, the the traffic joke in L.A. story where he, you know, he fucking pulls out a he him and the truck driver are shooting at each other with guns. He's like, oh, it's traffic season. You know, like to me, that's a funnier <laughs> joke. I, love to, that's I guess you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, that's a funnier. I mean, I'm I'm butchering it, but that's a funnier gag. I, I think than we like, found out oh, that, we're, that uh, there's something, there's something to, wrong with Esther. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, so like I, I, L.A. story for me was the the comp for this movie where I was like, but you know that that was a movie I thought of where I was like, that is the what I feel like this movie is kind of trying to hit like that tone, you know. Uh, but I didn't think it got there, and uh, there are, you know there's some other things I'll let I'll let Chris take it over because <laughs> I'll just keep going and people will be like shut the shut the fuck up. So yeah, <laughs> all right, so. Um, so I, I, I think in general, this is a fantastically charming film. Um, it was, I thought it was extremely entertaining, um, constant moments of joy, uh, genuine giggling. And like, I I had a really good time, uh, watching it. Um, it definitely does not arrive at the top of my list of films for the year. And, um, I also didn't like, I... I wasn't too concerned with it being a satire of of the L.A. culture um, or anything like that. Like it, it was mo- mostly a thing of like I actually think one of the biggest weaknesses of the film is that we're 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 comparing these two characters of Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Like their their characters were like Ryan Gosling is is a guy who is deeply passionate about a thing 
and is, is doing that thing. And his major dilemma is that no one will let him do that thing, right? He, he has a skill set which he was very, like, he is without a doubt incredible, right? His character. The actor as well, because apparently he learned fucking piano in in a few months. But uh, well, there was a there was a hand double, just FYI. But yes, yeah, but it wasn't for every single shot. Like, yeah, either way, either way. So the the character is 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 incredibly good at what he does. Um, and his main dilemma is that nobody wants to to pay him to do that thing. Emma Stone's character isn't particularly good at anything. Like, <laughs> like all we see of her is her failing at every single uh, uh, audition she goes to. And like yeah. Ryan Gosling's like, hey, why don't you like write your own stuff? And so she does. <laughs> and like, which is like, which is like the ultimate L.A. thing, which is that's like, hey, if you failed as an actor, you just write your own movies. And then that's when you get a movie like, uh, you know, Always Shine or something. That's when, you, that's when you get a movie like La La Land. <laughs> nah, um, no, 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 but, but, uh, but, but my, my point is that, like, th- this seems to be less, like, it seems that, like, these characters both have an arc where they're set in L.A. and, like, they're sort of adjacent to this, like, culture of, because, you know, we see the scene, you know, your, your gluten-free scene that you were talking about and everything like that. But I feel like mm-hmm. this is really a story about two people chasing their dreams, being at different points in that. Um, one is bound uh, by her talent, or lack thereof, and one is bound by the world is not uh, open to the, the talent that they have, right? It'd be like you being like a blacksmith in a town that needs like anything but a blacksmith, right? Like you could be the best blacksmith in the world, but if nobody needs somebody to like make horseshoes or something mm. right like like you just don't have a, a way to fit in there and what we're really mm. seeing is is their their two trajectories uh cross each other and i i think that there's a lot of interesting things that are bringing bringing being brought up like somebody who has a passion has to sacrifice that passion or at least um uh, taint that passion in order to be like meaningful in some way dealing with what that does to you and and like having to sell out and like do all these things the film brings up all these things but doesn't really explore it deep enough to be something that i can really get behind from the standpoint of like thinking this is an inspired work right it's it's hard for this to be like my top of the year when it's like it's just kind of passing by all of these ideas like uh arguments that happen within the confines of the relationship are completely unexplored right because Mm -hmm. the narrative is trying to tell one story um and it's kind of passing through these conversations and topics, but not really addressing them. Like the way we find out that uh, Emma Stone may want more for Ryan Gosling is him overhearing a phone call with her mom, right? Um, and that to me is like characters can openly say a thing <laughs> or they can sort of passively say it to somebody else and have it be overheard. And it's like when it's just overheard like that, it's like you are doing all the heavy lifting to make that be a thing. And then characters' actions can then be applied to it. But, like, nobody really has a meaningful conversation about these topics. It's just they're sort of happening. And while I think there are, you know, pretty inspired moments, like, towards the end of the film, I just think in general the the narrative journey that we're going on is fun to be on but not meaningful in the, in the grand scheme of things. And that's sort of my main complaint with the film. Um, but all that being said, I can't fault it too much because the the – the ride itself is so enjoyable and so fun that it's like, yes, sure, maybe I would prefer a roller coaster that does, you know, flips and barrel rolls, but also 
this little like fun little roller coaster is also kind of cool, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's an enjoyable journey. It's a fun little ride, and um, there like I like literally giggled like several times during the course of this. He did. Film. I was next to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's like I, <laughs> I pretty much did tee a few times. The first <laughs> the tap moment, the first moment that like you you finally hear what kind of music John Legend is working on. Like I literally mm. teed. Mm. <laughs> um, I think it was once for hearing the, the music itself, and then once for Ryan Gosling's expression. Um, but yeah, I think that 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 for me, fun fun film, fun film. Um, I wish it explored the themes much much deeper, um, and I wish that the the presentation of these two characters was less lopsided. Like I, I just feel that the Emma Stone character la, is la, de- lopsided. It, yeah, it was la la lopsided. <laughs> I feel like Emma Stone's character is demanding a lot from the universe and from Ryan Gosling and from a bunch of different things without actually being a part of that process. Like she's sort of like, oh, why does the world hate me and why do I have to make coffee at the shop? Um, but I feel like she's not like we don't we, we besides seeing her like blow a few auditions, we don't really we don't see the struggle that we see in Ryan Gosling. Right. Like there, there, there aren't there aren't scenes of her having to do the 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 really terrible play um, just to make ends meet. Like she seems to be f- like not happy working at her thing. But like I, I don't know. I, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a weird story where like neither of them are the main character. Um, so I don't know. Well, I've, Los Angeles is the main character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The city. I mean, the city is like a character in the film, like its own character. It's Great. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> it's like a bullet to the head. <laughs> I legitimately don't know who you were impersonating. I think the sickness was throwing, do, throwing do, me do off. Do your Kermit, Kermit the Frog, Here's to the Dreamers <laughs> rendition next. <laughs> that was funny. That's what we were doing after the movie for like an hour. Uh, oh, that was that. That was the song she sang in her. Yeah, your big audition, right? Yeah, yeah, like that, which just that whole time was like, this is the song that they will play when I win my Oscar. <laughs> but this it, is the Oscar clip moment. right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I, I will say about uh, Baby Goose Emma Stone is that <laughs> this is this is the third movie that they've done together. Weirdly, I didn't think they had very good a lot of chemistry in this movie. I, I mean, we have. It has been documented in their other two movies that they have a lot of chemistry, but in this movie, I don't know. Something was weirdly off that they were not uh, connecting as much. Well, the goose's in, chemistry in was all to the keys, the ivories. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was making he was, love. To the, yeah. He was more in love with the with the keys, bro. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, see, that was the other thing that I laughed at was that. So, you know, everyone keeps telling Baby Goose that. Uh, you know, uh, only nine, only ninety-year-olds want to listen to jazz, bro. You know, they they keep giving him this whole spiel, and uh, so you know, he, then he like reluctantly joins up with John Legend's like jazz fusion fusion band that like <laughs> apparently is like as big as like the Foo Fighters or something. Like they they're like playing at this giant venue, so. I mean, I, again, I know it's a fantasy world. It doesn't. Nothing about this exists. I'm just. I just thought it was funny that that they Damien Chazelle was positing that that 
this jazz fusion group would be more popular than just regular jazz, which I think in L.A., if Ryan Gosling had opened up the jazz club that he wanted to open, especially over in, like, fucking Silver Lake or Los Feliz area where... Like, th- that place would just be crawling with hipsters. Like, it would just be crawling with all kinds of fucks. Like, that would, I feel like that would be the hot, hip place to go. Sure, um, but I mean, that's why this felt like a, like, intentionally classic type story, though. Yeah, you I mean, don't, yes. You don't necessarily believe that this is how it is. Like, it is true. Hipsters yes, would even, love to be in the, like, oh, Ryan yes. Gosling's chicken on a stick place. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's a, but that's the thing, though, is that, like, they, yes, it is taking place in this classical world, but they had those people in the opening numbers. So, like, I don't know. That was throwing me off. And, I, I mean, I'm not saying that that was, a, like, a big reason why I was, like, shaking my fist or something. I just think that I... Pointing that out, I just thought it was humorous. So um, I guess what I'm wondering, yeah. mostly to Carson, because like Chris, I think what like you you enjoyed yourself, even though the characters and the themes don't necessarily give you a lot to chew on after. But Carson, did you not did you not find certain things dazzling or magical, like? Do you even like, heart, bro? Like ta- tap dancing, <laughs> or I would say like the penultimate no. scene, the long montage. I feel like there were so many things that were just like, you were just watching a person who is really good at his craft do yeah. an homage in a very genuine way. And I feel, I feel like I don't want to piece apart the modern day ramifications or the version of LA or anything, because this isn't about that, right? That's just like the the backdrop for him to wax poetic about this this bygone time and like i'm I'm surprised that wouldn't bring you more joy i guess i i I mean yes the my my beef with all the la stuff is you know that's more of a, a a personal thing and obviously i think the real reason why i think that this movie was disappointing to me was that yeah, I I did not find it to be to be joyous, and I didn't think it had like the whimsy or the the magic quality that um, that it was going for. It, like, it didn't I, give I, you Los Feliz. And then, <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, I um, like I I wanted that. Like there were elements of whimsy, but then it kind of like pulled back. Like it didn't really go full force like i mean i mean if like if you've seen any like french romance from the past like 25 years like that is like that's (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i'm not saying that you know i'm just saying you know like the like the michelle gondry's and like the jean berrier genois you know the amelie and um like you know those uh kind of movies like uh Another really good one is uh, Love Me If You Dare with Marion Cotillard. Like, like I was expecting that level of whimsy mm-hmm. in this movie, and it didn't, it didn't connect to that. Like, I, I was thinking it was going to be, and they had some of it, you know, where they're dancing up into, into like, in the, in the observatory, and it looks like they're in space and stuff. But I don't know. Like, it was very, it felt restrained to me. Well, let me ask you this. That, at, at the very least... When he's playing the guitar to Iran, <laughs> at least that scene. Oh, that I did like that. Okay. I like that a lot. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That Ooh, I like. We, that we was know funny. you're still human. Okay. 
Yes. I, I actually I also like the early scene where he's playing in the in J.K. Simmons's bar. He's playing the piano. Yeah, yeah. And that one waitress walks by and I can't remember what she does, but Goose sasses her pretty hard and he's like, mm, really, Karen? Like I almost like he should have basically just called her Janet because, like, that was his reaction, you know? Like, mm, fuck, fucking Janet. Like, <laughs> who invited you? I'm fucking throw you out a window. Um, yeah, yeah, he teases so, him about his tips, right? Because he puts his own dollar. He puts the yeah, first yeah, that's, tip in it was himself. A tip, yeah, it was a tip jar. And he's like, oh, thanks, thanks a lot, Karen. Thanks for helping out. Um, uh, anyway, but, yeah, I, I, did, I did enjoy seeing Gosling playing the, the guitar to – to the eighties music. Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so I just think, I think it was, I felt weirdly restrained in the, in the, the, like the magical for, for it looking as sort of, you know, fantastical as it is with all the like purple and, and pinkish stuff. Like I, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel that way to me. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was, that was the big part of it that it wasn't, was it hitting me in the feels with that with that stuff where um you know it was definitely going for that and and the other thing that i thought was um it felt like very eager to please like hey like we're you know i'm doing this throwback to like old school hollywood musicals and look how like it's almost kind of like the you know member like it's almost kind of a memberberry thing where it's like, remember how great old Hollywood was? So, let, um, let me, let me. And, and I know that, and I know that Stephen mentioned Hail Caesar, and and I think that you know, in my in in you know, for me, Hail Caesar was a better uh, example of that. You know, it 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 was a, a better love letter to like that kind of time period. So, so let me ask you this: uh, if the film didn't like narratively take place half of it on a studio backlot, would you feel that same way? Like, is is the throwback-ness of it an, an overtly on-the-nose thing, or is it just a, this is where we set it, so we're playing with it a little bit? Like, is it, like, because no, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it leans into it to the level of, like, a Hugo or anything like that. It just is set there right mm -hmm. like it is less important but, to the story but it, than... it is like it, the, the the reason i find it such a compelling comparison to hail caesar is it, it it's kind of a love letter to that artifice like that yeah that ridiculous paper thin belief of what dreams are made of and what hollywood is and because of that that's why like i can hear you like i can hear the criticisms of it being like fake or phony or not a good takedown but to me that's the whole point like it, it it is basking in the the goofy dreamy artifice of it in a way that i feel like hail caesar did where it kind of said like look this is very funny and you can laugh at it but you are going to feel something because there's a thing you're escaping from with this and i i feel like both movies did escapism very well and this veered less into the cynical side and more into the like overtly romantic happy ending type <laughs> type thing and hail caesar went more of the coen brothers direction but both of them captured that like the thrill of playing dress up and having this completely artificial unrealistic thing i thought that was a, a feature not a bug like that was that was a pro of the movie mm -hmm. was how how fake it felt. yeah 
I mean, I, I just, I mean, I would argue that Hail Caesar just did it in, in a much, much more clever fashion. Like, I, I think that, like, that whole, you know, that whole musical number with the uh, Cetates, like, that <laughs> is the perfect example of, you know, sort of mocking and also being loving, you know, of that style of filmmaking and, um, you know, genre. That's fucking same thing duh. um <laughs> that 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 it was you know it was it was kind of like what steven was saying and you know the the kind of ultimate great parody which is to you know uh uh i, I gosh i totally lost my chain of thought it was to, you know to to send up the genre and, and be an entry into it which which i think that you know that 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 musical number in hail caesar was basically you know, mocking the sort of things, you know, the musical numbers in La La Land. Like I, I, I definitely thought of that for sure. Um, I, I, for me, like the, the, the numbers in La La Land and just the, you know, what, you know, they were trying, it felt like they were trying to go for that, that tone and that feeling, but I, it didn't, I don't think they hit it. Like I, I think that, uh, it, it didn't land there. Um, and and you know it it didn't really it didn't have anything to do with the fact that um you know it wasn't all done on like a you know backlot or a soundstage like most of those older musicals were um but it it just felt like i said it kind of it just kind of felt like it was manufactured to be uh the sort of crowd pleasing uh like very uh oscar attention grabbing movie like I, I mean i it's no doubt in my mind that this will win best picture because that is like the you know the academy loves like this kind of stuff like the 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 you know celebration of the golden age of hollywood and 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 definitely and the fact that it's a musical um i mean and i have no problem with that it's fine but like I don't know, like, there was just something about it that didn't feel as unique as Whiplash did, you know? Um, it didn't completely feel like Damien Chazelle's, uh, you know, vision. Like, I, I don't know, like, it just, it. that's why it felt off to me. Well, um, it, it, it does feel like the film exists in a weird, like, bizarre reality where it's, like, I don't, I don't, think like, it's not it's not like hail series uh, hail series hail caesar in that it's not a period piece i mean like emma stone's on an iphone yeah. right right like, yeah no it's the, completely it, it's, set in modern it's times. modern times and it's sort of it's sort of like a mini send up but it's it's more like a thing that's like borrowing from old things but it's not i i feel it's not really commenting on it and it's not it's not really doing anything with it it's 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 a stylistic choice, not a uh, 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 thematic yeah. choice. I, I don't know if that's really a real and statement. I mean, like I didn't, it, I didn't really, I didn't really like that stylistic choice either of having it set in present day, like with everyone on iPhones and there was YouTube and shit like that. <laughs> like I, like honestly, like I wanted, like I wanted more of the the fantastical whimsical part there, like where you didn't really know, like, is this now or is this, you know, in the past? Like I wanted more of that timeless feel. Um, and this definitely 
had the kind of had that, but then you know it didn't because it's very clearly set now. Um, so that's why that was throwing me off too. Like I didn't like that. Like I like you know when when movies have that feeling where it's like you're kind of uh, you you just don't know exactly what time Blaze is taking in. Um, which there was a movie that came out uh, last month called The Love Witch. <laughs> Which is like uh, I don't know yeah, if these guys saw, saw the trailer. Like, we've seen the trailer, the trailer like a few times. <laughs> yeah, so like you know that movie's trying to go for like those old like campy like that style of old horror, and that movie completely nails like that tone, that look, uh, everything about it. And I definitely went into that movie thinking like, oh shit, like this is gonna be one of those movies where they either stick the landing or two minutes in you're gonna be like oh is this fucking over um <laughs> that's how i felt with d- the two minute pre-movie yeah. things they would do yeah. for the love witch. when is this witch gonna love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i mean they that uh the woman who directed that movie she totally stuck the landing on that and that is a movie that it is taking place now like there is um uh like uh, modern cars and stuff, but there, there isn't like that, you know, like it isn't like so modern where you can place it like in 2016 or whatever. Um, but it, you know, so it has that feeling of like, well, it looks old, but it could be new, you know? It's so, so it has that it, it kind of limbo in between feeling. Um, but that movie completely, you know, talk about being an entry into the genre while also, uh, being its own thing like that I feel like was a was a really good example and I feel like that La La Land didn't 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 stick to that um, so anyway um, and the other thing I was going to say was there's another because I think I'm very sure I, I didn't go back to to listen to be sure but I know that I I compared Damien Chazelle like the the work that he did in Whiplash, it felt very like Scorsese, Scorsese-ish at times. Um, and I mean, the dude, for all we know, could be the next Martin Scorsese. Like he has that level of talent. And uh, Martin Scorsese did a musical like this, uh, New York, New York, back in back in the day, um, which I mean, I can't say that I like that movie. Like I admire it a lot. Um, but and that's kind of how I am with La La Land, where it's like, I admire it, but, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm on board with it. But uh, with New York, New York, at least, it was, like, the same type of deal, like, homaging, like, that old Hollywood-style musical. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, maybe that's just... Uh, I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe this is his New York, New York, and then the next one he'll make his Taxi Driver or whatever. I don't know, fucking know. But uh, you know, like that's. I feel like maybe you know when you come back, it's just like, well, you know, I appreciated La La Land, but I would much rather watch a Whiplash. Just like I appreciate New York, New York, and The Age of Innocence, but I'd much rather watch, you know. taxi driver after hours or whatever well sure and i can get behind that and i i'm accounting for that like it's the same in music and all sorts of things it it is easier to overwhelm me if you are intense or sad or you know you're you're one of the grander things and the hardest thing to overwhelm me with is optimism and lightness right and so I, I'm judging on that curve. Like, this is a movie that chose to be light and optimistic. And 
I would never say that it is better than Whiplash, right? Like it, it, yeah. it, it couldn't hit me that way. I can't even imagine a movie like this hitting me that way. But I'm happy for the variety. And if anyone was going to make an optimistic musical in the most like bright-eyed, old-timey, ridiculous way of making musical, I'm really glad it was someone as capable as Damien Chazelle. So I, I'm, I'm happy for that. And it, it made me glad to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think my my reaction, like with all the LA stuff, uh, makes it seem harsher than it is. Like, I, like again, it's kind of like it's kind of like how I reacted to uh, Rogue One, which was like, look, there are way worse things you could watch uh, than this. Um, but you know what? It didn't. It I did not go from six to midnight during my watching of it. So. And, uh, yeah, there was just, you know, there was just a lot of other things that's, you know, wasn't exactly, uh, you know, like I said, I, I felt like I've, I've seen it done better. Like, I wish I was like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. Like, I wish I could lie and said that, you know, the, <laughs> that I've had, that I haven't had better. You know what I mean? Carson, like, it's but... 1238. You've been able to lie for 38 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wish, I, yeah, it's kind of like that scenario. I wish I could get on here and say that the the pen is blue or whatever, but I can't. Yeah. Mm. On that note, should we get to our verdicts for this film? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, Stephen Miller. If you were going to give this a must-see, a reckon with a caveat, wait for it until pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'm giving it a recommend with a caveat, and I mean that in the true sense of the word, which is I fully recommend it, but there is a caveat. (laughs) The caveat being, this is a musical. It is a cutesy (laughs) musical. It is not trying to say something deep. I think people trying to piece in some grand artistic statement are digging too hard. I think he just wanted to write a love letter to these kind of musicals and tell a very traditional story. So the music... And the fun and the emotion of it could shine through without having anything else get in the way. And if that's what you're in the mood for, I think this is great for that. If you saw Whiplash and think, I want more of that, this ain't more of that. (laughs) So caveat, this is not Whiplash. Go watch Whiplash if you want Whiplash. Carson? Um, I guess I give it, uh, I'll go in the middle and say wait for rental, even though... That's not exactly like I would probably say it's I'm closer to like, well, yeah, wait for rental. I'm like in the C range, you know, so I'm like mid just, you know, is it a high C? Um, <laughs> that's a register joke. I think. It, <laughs> oh, I got I got it. I get you. Now. Just, I'm with you now. Just, just making sure. Yes. Um, so I'll just say wait for rental. I'm not, I just wasn't hot on it, man. Sorry. Don't tase me, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a record with a caveat. Um, I think it's a very enjoyable film to watch. I think it's profound, necessarily. Um, I didn't really latch on to the homogeneous of it. Um, That was sort of just a thing that was, like, pleasantly there on the side for me. Um, And uh, I would love... I would love to have the themes of this film explored more um, more deeply, but for what was put on the screen, I enjoyed it. I had a great time, and that's really, that's really all we can ask in these modern times of 
Star Wars and Star Trek and <laughs> Marvel and DC and all that jazz. Just it's nice to have a good, uh, good, happy, fun little musical that isn't CG animated. So there you go. Also, here's to the ones who dream. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kermy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast and the end of our review of La La Land. So, Stephen, if people want to find, find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Carson, can people find you and your musical happenings in L.A.? Yeah. Trying not to die you in Burbank. find me... You can find me. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go back to Burbank. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me doing hot takes like City of Stars. No, let it go. <laughs> Drop the mic. Boom. Uh, you can find me in Seb's uh, chess chess club. Nailed it. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, you can find me at ChristopherRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL, potentially in an emergency room somewhere. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh-oh. <laughs> Having phlegm pumped out of my system. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, yeah, so you can find the spoiler warning over at uh, TheSpoilerWarning.com. Nailing it. Keep going. You can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning or like us at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning. Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the spoiler or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to La La Land. So hopefully you're enjoying that. And, uh, yep, we got to take off. You know, we all got auditions in the morning. This one, this one's going to be the one. It's going to be the one, guys. It's going to happen. Uh, Dangerous Minds beats the OC. <laughs> <laughs> what a reference. Uh, good times. Um, oh, someone's laying on their horn outside. I think, uh, I think we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Is he going to do that every time? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, it was a reference yeah, to, to the, the movie. movie we're talking about. I didn't, I wasn't. I didn't get it for a second. All right. See, that's how much I remember. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining me this fine week. You're so welcome. <laughs> I hope it, it's sad we didn't film this because we were tap dancing in unison through the whole review. <laughs> I feel like nobody got to appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of skill involved. One, a lot of backflips. One one day. Yeah. One day. Um, but uh, yes, thank you guys all for listening. I apologize oh, again. Yeah. For my I sickness. thought it was over. Uh, hopefully that will be done <laughs> by the time we get to our year end recap. Dashbug writes in review. <laughs> it would have been great <laughs> if they weren't sick all the time. <laughs> Listen to this whole goddamn review. This guy just was sick the whole time. Wouldn't shut up. He did a he did an impression, but I don't know who he was supposed to sound like. <laughs> sound like Stallone. <laughs> Tuned in for a review of La La Land. They just talked about <laughs> Captain Earth. <laughs> no, Captain. More like Low Low Land because his voice is so low. Just get in your car and go. 